Good morning, church. I hope you're doing well. And thank you so much for joining this morning. Amen. It's good for us to come together and meet together, fellowship together, worship God together. I know it would be lovely to be together in person and to fellowship, seek His face and have a great time together. But the reality is we are here still in lockdown. And uh, I encourage you to not to take this time lightly. I know the isolation and this long period of uh, isolation is uh, making things a bit difficult for people. Um, there's a lot of emotions going on. There's a lot going on around us. There's uh, people who are struggling with uh, this extended isolation, who crave uh, social life, who want to talk to other people other than their own household, which is lovely. And um, it's important for us to realize that this is a time that is uh, very, uh, very important for the church, the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because not only are we isolated, not only are we going through what we're going through, on top of that, there's a lot of news that's uh, alarming us. Uh, what's happening in our nation, what's happening uh, with the, the news that we hear on TV. Often when you hear this kind of news, uh, that uh, uh, it concerns, it brings anxiety, for some it brings fear, for some it brings uh, a bit of uncertainty. And, you know, I've been listening to the news and um, it, it started to really stir me up in my spirit. And um, and and I, I, f- I felt I need to seek God on this. I, I, you know, I'm bringing the word. Yes, I am. But I need to seek God on what God is saying. Because if, if it's not the word of God, then it's me saying it. And I just needed to hear for myself. And I looked at uh, Daniel chapter 7 for my own uh, personal devotion time. I just got into the word there and the whole chapter when Daniel had his dream and he sees four visions and he talks about that. And how he explains it later on how that vision, what does it mean? And if you have time, I want to encourage you to uh, read Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 2, because they kind of go parallel, hand in hand. And uh, how the Babylonians uh, led um, uh, uh, and took control of their time. And uh, after the Babylonians was the Medo-Persians and how they took control. And then was the Greeks and how they took control. And then the Roman Empire. And so there's a lot of history that's gone on during this time. And if you look into history, you will see how every person wanted to control, wanted to uh, uh, put, uh, bring their own name forward. And, but right through that um, whole series of um, timeline, I began to look, especially when Daniel was talking, that God is still in control. God is very much present. Amen. And I want to relate that to us today, that God is very much present in our today. And as a believer, if you are a believer, if you know Jesus Christ personally as the Lord and Savior, you and I can take confidence that He is very much present right now in our time, in our season, and what we are going through. Amen. So, I've titled my message, I've called it, How to Walk in Times of Uncertainty. 
How do we walk in times of uncertainty? Where it seems like there's a bit of pressure coming upon us through media, through conversations, through family conversations, through phone conversations. You, you look at media. There's so much happening around us. So much that we are surrounded by that the voice, that external voice that is speaking and that, that's influencing us. And so um, I felt, how do you walk in times of uncertainty? How do you walk? What's the, what's the way to navigate through what we're going through? And do you know that you and I are living in a very unique time right now across the globe? No one has ever seen anything like this before. So here we are all navigating. Now, every government across the globe are navigating this in their own best way. So is our government doing that. But but we have to look into the Word of God because that's what's going to help us to navigate through our uncertainty. And if we don't look at the Word of God, then what happens is what we hear from uh, the external source, uh, that's going to influence us, that's going to help us formulate our mindset, and then we begin to operate and walk what we hear from, from the external so it's important for us to look into the Word of God because the Word of God teaches us how to walk in times of uncertainty. Amen. So um, I want to start off with the scripture. Uh, it's in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Now, here is um, uh, a God talking to us. Because you have, you have, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, the knowledge here is not the knowledge or, or information that you read in a book. The knowledge in other translations says you, you, have, you are being destroyed because you do not know me. And that is knowing God. And I want to encourage you today, putting everything aside, we, you and I, have to know God. More than ever before now, what's, what's going to matter more is what is His Word saying? What is Jesus saying to us? And that only happens as we go to Him. Because if you don't go to Him, as it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So it's very, very uh, uh, important for us to dig into the Word of God. Amen. All right. So I hope and I pray that this will help you to dig into the Word of God. And I want to uh, talk about, I want to bring four points to you this morning from Romans chapter 13, verse 11, and, uh, 11 to 14. And I'll read from uh, uh, the, the Passion Translation. Sometimes it's good to look at other translations. It's kind of, ah, oh, it, it, it kind of comes out in a different light. It's like, oh, that's interesting the way it, it's the same meaning, but it, sometimes it's, it's a different expression to it. And so I'm reading from the Passion Translations, Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. And I'm going to um, construct my scripture around this. Okay, so let's read it. Uh, to live like this is all the more urgent, for time is running out and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. 
for us full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Verse 12, night's darkness is dissolving around, uh, uh, sorry, uh, dissolving away and a, a new day uh, of uh, destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadow of darkness, removing uh, it like filthy clothes. And once and for all, clothe yourselves or ourselves with the radiance of light as a weapon. Verse 13, we must live honorably, surrounded by the light of this day, new day, not in the darkness of um, drunkenness, debauchery, not in promiscuity or sensuality, not being argumentative or jealous of others. Verse 14, instead fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and don't waste even a moment the thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. Amen. So this is what I want to talk about. Paul is talking to the church of uh, Rome. He's writing to them and he is cautioning them. He is warning them. He is saying, hey, wake up. It's time. The hour that you live is strategic. The hour that you live right now is appointed by God for a purpose. Because I tell you, God is a God of purpose. Amen. God's purposes prevail. God's purposes will continue to prevail because that's who God is. No matter what the circumstances around us, God's plans will always prevail. And that we have to have confidence in that. So here Paul is warning them. Paul is cautioning them. And I I hope and pray as I break this word uh, this morning that you will hear Paul talking to you, but more than Paul talking to you, it's Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is talking to you through his word. Amen. So my first point is we are to be watchful. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says to live like this is all the more urgent. To live like what? We have to ask the question to live like what? Before Romans chapter 11, in Romans chapter 9, he says, you know, love one another. And by loving one another, loving other people, you are fulfilling the law of God. So we got to love people. That is by loving people, you're fulfilling the law of God. And then he jumps on to this. He says to live like this is all the more urgent for time is running out. And you know, it is a strategic hour in human history. And let me tell you, the hour that you and I live right now is strategic right now because we will not gain this back. What we have today is a gift from God and we have to live strategically and, uh, and, and, and not kind of let it run by us, but got to make the most of this. It is time for us to wake up. He says, for our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Amen. You know, I began to wonder to live like this all the more urgent. And so how do we live? How do we navigate? How do you journey through this? And I want to encourage you. My goodness, we need Jesus more than ever before right now. And uh, we need to know what God is doing right now. And I want to ask you this question. How do we know how to walk in situations like this if we don't know how to seek the one who is in control? 
Amen. In, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, I've, I've shared on this a few times. I've quoted this scripture. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, he says, And the sons of Issachar, who, under, uh, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The sons of Issachar had an understanding of what Israel was out to do uh, in times like this. Now, the question I have is, do you and I have an understanding of what to do in times like this? Do we understand the seasons of God? Because when we don't understand the seasons of God, then we start chasing every rabbit hole, everything that the world puts at us, and we start chasing that, and we begin to either live in fear, either live in anxiety, living disconcerns, and live, and that's not how God has designed us to live. Now we have to be wise, we have to be careful, yes. But we have to live in that peace, in that, in that confidence that comes from Jesus Christ. So do we know the season of God? What God is doing right now? What is God saying to the church? Are we taking time to seek God? Uh, are we so busy, uh, concerned about what's happening around us that we are losing uh, our focus from God and focusing on the problem? My encouragement to us, let's focus on the promise. Do we know what God is saying to us? What is my role and what is your role? So that's why I said we are to be watchful. You know, we have to, we are to have a discernment of what's happening around us. We got to know what's happening around us. And the Holy Spirit teaches us that as we seek him, he will reveal himself to us. God, uh, God will always reveal himself to you and I. Are we seeking God? In times like this, I know we are going through this whole vaccine, the traffic lights and all that stuff. But the main important thing is it's dividing people. Now, I want to say to you, division is not part of God. Fear is not part of God. Confusion is not part of God. Because if you look into the word, that is not the origin of God. God is love. God is uh, joy. God is peace. Amen. So we need to understand the seasons. Are we discerning? How am I operating? What am I talking about? How am I speaking? What, uh, uh, what am I meditating on? Those things are very important. We have to be watchful. Matthew chapter 16 verse 3 says, you know how to discern. This is Jesus talking and he's actually scolding people here. You know, Jesus, yes, he's a loving God, but he, Jesus also scolded people time to time. He says, you know how to discern the face of the sky. But you cannot discern the signs of the times. Isn't that interesting? You, we can all look on a map and go, what the weather is saying the next three days? What's going to happen with the wind, uh, the tide? When, when is the high tide? When is the low tide? It's all predicted for us. But it's, if you live in Auckland, if you're watching this from Auckland, you know exactly. It may say sun, but we will have rain for 15 minutes. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we can predict the weather. But what Jesus is saying but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And the times is, do we know what God is saying? So I want to stir us up this morning. 
I want to stir us up this morning. My prayer is to stir us to go. We should be people who are not going to perish because we know what God is saying. We have a knowledge of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Amen. We can discern, we can sense what God is doing and what is my role. Number one role is to be watchful. Not get caught up in the current affairs, but get caught up in God, in his word. He's going to direct us. Amen. So we are to move away from formulating our opinions and start, opera, start operating out of, the, out of the power of the Holy Spirit, which is within us. Or I should say, who is within us? Amen. We have to stop from formulating our own opinions. And I want to tell you, nowhere in the Bible says that God is moved by our opinions. And God is not disinterested in us. He's actually, he cares for us. He loves us. He knows what's happening. But God is not pleased by our opinions. God is pleased by our obedience to his truth. Amen. So I'm stirring us. I'm encouraging. I'm shaking our faith up this morning. And I'm saying, come on. You know what? We are, we are under the attack. Not just our faith. But I tell you what, the devil is attacking us on our, our, our hope. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So we got to learn to, first of all, not formulate our opinions from the current affairs in the world, but God. Amen. So I want to talk about this. You know, what do we do in times like this? What, how do we be watchful? Number one, to praise him. Number two, to pray. Number three is to proclaim to praise God, it's worshipping God. You're saying every day, not just a Sunday morning. By the way, I thought the worship team did a fabulous job. We've got a great team that are working hard. We've been pushed into this by COVID, but we're rising up. Amen. So what, what do we do? We praise God. What is praise? It is me saying, God, you are awesome. God, you are amazing. God, there is no one like you. God, I love you. And I am thankful for who you are in my life. That is posturing, positioning yourself and being grateful for who God is. Amen. That is the number one thing to do. Number two is then press into prayer. Work, pray, pray, pray. Prayer works. I encourage you. Look, yes, it's funny. It is very funny. Even in lockdown, we are all still busy. No lockdown, we are busy. In lockdown, we are busy. But I want to encourage you, don't ever be too busy for God. Amen. So come, let's pray together on Thursday. Let's come and stand and pray and declare and proclaim and worship the Almighty God. I hope and pray I will see you at 8 o'clock. I don't need to champion you and all that, but come on, let's be hungry for God to move in our nation and nations. Amen. He's ready to move, but are we willing to pray? Are we willing to proclaim? Are we you know, we are so readily proclaiming what's happening, what the government's doing, what the council's doing, what's happening in our city. We're so quick to uh, text and call people and say, why are you uh, breaking the rule? We are so quick to judge people. We are so quick to um, pounce on people and tell them what they should be doing. No, no, no. Yes, look, you have to be vigilant. But more importantly, we have to proclaim the truth of the word of God. You know, in my house, if I always talk about the problems, I'm glorifying the problems, I'm magnifying the problems. But if I can actually address the problems by addressing it through the scriptures, I'm lifting the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So I'm stirring us this morning. First Peter 5, 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Who is the great enemy? Our great enemy is not a government. Our great enemy is not uh, the virus. Our great enemy is not the... Our great enemy is the devil. Right? And the Bible says that the great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's what his nature, his character is to destroy us. His character is to steal our peace. His character is to rob our joy. And that's who he is. So we need to recognize that and go, wait a minute. I cannot, I cannot give my peace to the devil. I cannot afford to lose my joy to what's happening around. I cannot compromise. It is non-negotiable for me to compromise my hope in Christ. Amen. And in verse 11, uh, in chapter 13, Romans, it says, For, for our full salvation is nearer now than, now than when we first believed. You know, our full salvation, salvation, there's a three part to salvation. Number one, our past salvation, the day we gave our heart to God. You know, I have been saved when I gave my heart to God and said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Now I need you. Wash me with your blood and come and reign in my life. I give myself to you. Be my savior. That day I received salvation. That means a relationship with God. Experience the forgiving grace, mercy of Lord Jesus Christ. But the present, there's number two, is the present salvation. The present salvation is I am being saved. There's a progression. My spirit got saved the day I gave my heart to God. But my mind is being renewed and I am being progressively being transformed while here I'm on earth on a day-to-day -day basis. My nature is being renewed and being transformed into the likeness and the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I call that the present salvation and, and Paul writes to the church at Philippi in chapter 2 verse uh, uh, 12. He says, work out your sal uh, salvation in fear and in trembling. Amen. We got to work out our salvation. So number one, past salvation, present salvation. I'm being saved. And then the future salvation, which is I will be saved. And the future salvation is God's going to come back. Jesus is going to come back the second time. The first time when Jesus came as a baby, the world wasn't ready. The second time Jesus will come back. And Paul was writing to the church at Rome uh, 2000 years ago cautioning them and warning them that the time is near. Now you may say, well, it's oh, Christians, you always talk about the time is near. Jesus is going to come back. Yeah, it's not really going to happen. He hasn't come back in 2000 years time. But let me tell you, yes, he hasn't come back. But you look around the signs. The day is coming soon. We are nearer to the day of our salvation where he will pick us up and we will enter into eternal life forever where there is no sickness, a place where there is no sin, a place there where there is no shame, no guilt. There's only praise. There's only worship. There's only magnifying, adoring our Lord Jesus Christ and that's what Paul is talking the day is nearer to us so let us get ready because one day when he comes he will save us from what we are going through but during this time of journeying we got to put our trust in God amen all right number two we are to fight courageously 
Romans chapter 13 verse 2 it says, sorry 12, it says, Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness. And I want to pause there and I want to say this. Do you know sin only grows in darkness? Isolation is not good for us. Isolation is dangerous for us. When you're isolated, when you're by yourself and you're thinking all these thoughts, and if they're not in line with the word of God, we are digressing by the day in what the word of God says about us. Amen. So remember, sin only grows in darkness. So uh, is my mind, where is my mind at right now? Is my mind in the light or is my mind in darkness? So he's, Paul, I love the way Paul's metaphorically speaking here. He says, removing it like filthy clothes. You know, I, 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 one of my um, concerns is I, I can't stand um, b- bad odor, bad body odor. Um, I, I, it just kind of makes me sick a bit. And, um, but, uh, and if somebody comes with filthy, dirty clothes and smelly clothes, I, I, I just feel sick in me and uh, I just can't stay in the place or the room. And so, but Paul, when he's talking, I, I think I get it when he, you know, you, when you come from work, you want to throw your clothes out. You want to go have a shower and, um, depending on what you do, what, whatever you do, it's good to have a good shower. Amen. And so you want, so it's Paul is saying, just like your filthy clothes, take them off. Amen. And then he says, and once and for all, we, uh, for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of the light as our weapon. Isn't that good? The radiance, clothe yourself with the light as your weapon. Light as a weapon? What is that light? How can light be a weapon? How, I mean, just that comment, I can talk for another 20 minutes on that. I won't, but, but light as a weapon. You know what? The light is the word of God. The light is the word that reveals the truth. When my mind is dark, I have to turn the light on, which is the word of God in my mind and really align my word with the, um, sorry, align my mind with the word and the light shines and that's a weapon. How do I fight the devil? I fight him with the weapon. We are to fight courageously. Amen. We can't fight in the flesh. We can't fight in the, uh, in, 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 in the natural. We can't. This is not a time for us to keep pulling churches down. This is not a time for us to keep pulling people down. This is a time for us to pull the stronghold down and build the kingdom of God as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Church, let us not get caught up by the news around us, but let's get caught up with the good news that is inside us. Amen. That is Jesus Christ. So let's fight courageously. And the light of God is our weapon. Use the word of God. Allow the light to shine. When somebody is speaking that's not in line, shine the light of God. Hallelujah. I love the way Paul talks. John 8, 12. John is saying, I am, sorry, John is, Jesus is saying, and John's the author. He's saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen. You may say, what is the light? The light is Jesus Christ. The light, Jesus is not in the light. He is the light. Amen. So he is the light. If you follow him, you shall not walk in darkness, 
but have the light of life. There are two worlds we live in. There's light, there's darkness. There's light, there's darkness. There's life, then there's death. Amen. There is sin. And I looked for an opposite for sin in Google. I couldn't find a clear opposite for the word sin in Google. I couldn't find a clear opposite word for sin even in any dictionary. It talks about certain virtues, but no opposite. And so I think this is just me, but I think the only opposite for sin is Christ. Because what broke sin is Christ. Amen. And, and there's two natures in us. One is foul, one is blessed. One is love, one is hate. The one I feed will dominate. Amen. So what are you feeding? I've got those two. I've got the dichotomy, two worlds. And there's my flesh that arouses. I mean, I'm sure uh, if we were, you ask your spouse, if you're at home, you ask your mother, your father, if you're at home, say, you know, we operate in flesh, but there are two natures, but what we feed will dominate. So I want to ask you, what are you feeding right now? Are you feeding fear or are you feeding faith? Are you feeding your spirit with the promises of God? Or are you feeding your spirit with the problems that are around us? Are you feeding your ears with the truth of God? Or are you feeding your ears with, with the current news and that's perplexing, that is confusing, that is, that is um, uh, 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 you know, making us anxious? Amen. Ephesians 5.8, Paul, Paul writes again to the church at Ephesus. He says, live as children of light. Live as children of light. Can we be the children of light? Hallelujah. Verse 12, sorry, verse 12, the second part it says, as I said, and once and for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of a light as our weapon. So put on God. Put on the light of God. Walk as the children of light, not as children of darkness. Praise Prayer, proclaim. Amen. Number three, we are to walk worthily. Number one, we are to be watchful. Number two, we are to fight courageously, not to fight with people, not to fight with our opinions, but to fight in the spirit with the word of God. He is the light. Number three, we are to walk worthily, walking worthy of our calling. Romans 13, 13. We must live honorably, surrounded by the light of this new day, not in the dark, darkness of drunkenness, debauchery, not in promiscuity and sensuality, uh, sensuality not being argumentative or jealous of others. Amen. We have to walk in the light, live honorably, live honorably, surrounded by the light of this new day. What is that light again? The light is Jesus Christ. Live honorably. Our lifestyle will speak to many people. Not our opinions, but this is a time the world is watching what the church is going to do. Is the church going to be exactly like the world where we get on the bandwagon of complaining, of, of accusing, of pointing fingers? Or, or, or will the church be hiding like Gideon in the, um, you know, worried about the Midianites? Is the church going to hide? Or is the church going to be like Jonah? 
he was sitting on a hill or a mountain and he was looking down at the Nineveh and quite disgruntled about Nineveh and quite judgmental about Nineveh. Now I'm saying these two are the men of God. Gideon was a man of God. Jonah was a man of God. They both were actually, um, you know, one was hiding in fear. One was hiding in his own judgment. God is not pleased with that. God wants us to be aware, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, to awake and start proclaiming the word. Start proclaiming the word in the spirit, in our nation and over your household, over your family, over your mind, over your spirit. I tell you, our faith is under attack. Our hope, if we lose hope. There is no point for faith. So our hope, a lot of people are losing hope. I urge you, as I read in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is not head knowledge. Knowledge is not information. Knowledge is Jesus Christ. The more you surround yourself with him, the more you are able to walk a worthy walk uh, walk worthily in times like this, walking confidently, walking assuredly, walking knowingly, being firm-footed, being clear in what you believe because you are motivated, governed by the word of God. Amen. So the biblical way of walking is to give honor to God with our actions and not to be self Selfish or have a selfish ambition to walk carefully, not carelessly. Amen. To walk circumspectly, to be careful how we walk right now. Church, the Bible, we can quote the scripture. The scripture that, you know, I pray, I'm sure you've heard me pray and I've, I know some of you, I've heard you pray this. But the church prays, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. And that is the truth. But now the church, it's not time for us to hide in a threshing floor, uh, not time for us to go sit on a hill and fold our hands like this and look down on Nineveh, look down on people and go, hmm, they don't get it. No, no, no. This is a time for us to lift our hands and seek him and declare and proclaim the power, the presence, the joy, the life of Jesus across this nation. And God is counting on the church, which is you and I. Amen. When the church rises, you look right through the history. When the church arises, Acts chapter 2, when the church comes, when the church is fearful in the, in the presence of God, godly reverential fear, and sitting down and reading and worshiping and communion and, and, and being together. And, and then God began to move. God added numbers, salvations. God brought signs and wonders. All those things are beautiful, but it starts by us surrendering and bowing before his ultimate authority. Amen. All right, number four. This is my last one. And it said, we are to live victoriously. So number one, we are to be watchful. Number two, we are to fight courageously. Number three, we are to walk worthily in times of uncertainty. Number four and last one, these are just a part of it. We are to live victoriously, not defeated life. What a great word uh, Pastor Jim Boland brought last week. Not to walk as a victim, but to walk as a victorious person in Jesus Christ. So Romans 14, 13, 14 says, instead, 
fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus Christ. Immerse yourself fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't give room to other things. You know, when you have a shower, you don't just wash your hands in the shower. You have a shower. So it's the same thing. Immerse yourself in to the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken itself, its selfish desires. Don't do that. Israelites did that. They awoken their uh, uh, former identity. It was better to live in Egypt than to die in, in the desert. It was better for them to live in Egypt under slavery than come and die in a desert out of hunger and thirst. Lord, don't wake them. Oh, why did not God do this? Why didn't God answer my prayer? Why wouldn't God do this? Look, that doubt is not from God. Doubt is something that will dilute, distort and destroy the word of God. Don't doubt the word of God. Press into the word of God. Allow the word to speak to you. Your victory is, our victory is hidden in Christ. Our freedom is hidden in Christ. Our identity is hidden in Christ. I do not care what the world says. All these traffic lights, this dual citizenship, whatever the language that's around us, let me tell you, there's only one citizenship and that is you are from heaven. There's only one ambassador of you are the ambassador of Jesus Christ. That's who you represent. So when you walk in that, yes, you can hear the news, but you get on your knees and God intervene. God, my spirit is restless. God, I am stirred on the inside. God, I want to walk victoriously, not be a victim. So I rise within me. I stand. I, uh, I stir my spirit and say, arise, shine for the light has come and uh, 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 the darkness surrounds and the gross darkness surrounds us. But arise, shine, the light has come. Hallelujah. Stir your spirit in, this, in prayer. John 16, 33 says, in this world you will have troubles, but be of, but be of good courage because Jesus has overcome. He's overcome the world already. Can we operate from victory, not out of confusion? Can we operate from the finished work of Christ, not out of our fear? See, there's a so once you know you're standing on a solid ground, Jesus Christ, it gives you so much more greater confidence to go outside and actually walk in this uncertain time with certainty that Christ is in control and you are the ambassador of Christ. We have to proclaim and declare the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Testing and victory is part of Christian life. Psalm 33, sorry, 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers, them, delivers him from, all, from them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from all. Amen. Yes, momentarily we will struggle. Hey, but the Bible clearly says that. Why are we so surprised? Why are we going, oh my gosh, this is happening. You read the Bible, it says the day is coming. When he will come, we are approaching. The earth is groaning. The earth is mourning. And the day is approaching when he will come. Are we ready? Are we making the most of today or are we going to be caught like the five virgins who were tired and lazy and uh, didn't, didn't uh, uh, um, uh, look after their oil and they let the oil run out? We don't want battles, but we want victories, but victories come from battles. First Corinthians 5, 5, 5, sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, 
but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does my victory come from? Not by shouting, not by screaming, not by saying that person shouldn't do this, this person that shouldn't do this. Why is the government doing this? Why is the church doing this? Why are those people doing it? Not to do that. Our victory does not come from us waging a war, verbal war, or some people are ninja warriors sitting on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you do on the social platform, complain, 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 complain. Complaining will never I'm sorry to say this, but complaining will never answer or resolve problems. Our role is to pray. Our role is to stick to the truth. Our role is to say, why so downcast, O oh my soul? I shall put my hope in God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil for your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Come on, what a powerful. I'm, I am excited. I am stirred. Not because it's hype. I believe our faith will be tested. And the question I have is, will we stand strong on the day of judgment? Victory is not a state of place or mindset. Victory is tied in Christ. Victory is not a geographical or a circumstantial thing. Victory is tied in Christ. And I want to say, you are already victorious. You are already an overcomer. You are already the prince of God. You are already the princess of God. The Prince of Peace already lives in you. The Lion of Judah lives in you. He is in you. He is giving you power and authority. You have all the authority. And the heaven is giving it to you and I. And he's saying, I've given you all the authority. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. For what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. And that authority comes when we stand in the victory, in the finished work and the blood of Jesus. And you go in the name of Jesus. No weapon will form against my family. No weapon will form against my community. No weapon will form against my City, no weapon will form against my country. I lift Jehovah Nissi, God the banner, and I sing his praise. When we as a church rise with the right heart, with the word of God, trust me, God's going to move. Amen. God, I believe in my heart, God is asking the church to wake up. Arise, church. Let's wake up. Let's press into God. Let us take our authority in God. Amen. Let us walk being watchful. Let us fight courageously. Let us walk worthily and let us live victoriously. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray, I hope and pray and I urge you, press into God. Let not your faith be destroyed because you cannot find Christ in times like this. The only way to walk in uncertain times like this is to press into Christ. He has an answer. And if you don't know Jesus, let me encourage you, please give your heart to God. He is your Prince of Peace. Amen. I pray, church, it is high time for us not to be quiet, not to um, hold back our opinion like Jonah 
or, or be afraid like Gideon. But the church is to rise up and begin to pray, begin to praise and begin to proclaim the name that is above all names. Amen. Proverbs says in 21, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. Amen. You know, God is in control. Not just about this nation, the nations. God is in control of your life. Will you let him lead you through green pastures? Will you let him lead your business? Will you let him lead your mind? Will you let him lead your family? Amen. I pray this is stirring you. That's my prayer. Lord, stir us up. Stir us up. Don't be comfortable. Stir us up. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I pray. Your word has come out. And you say that your word will never return void, but it shall accomplish for the purpose it has been sent forth. Father, I pray that your word will give us strength. That we will not be like Gideon, hiding away. We will not be like Jonah, sitting on a hillside, grumpy. But God, we will be the soldiers, the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. That we will walk worthy of our calling. That we will be watchful. That we will fight a courageous fight. And that we will walk victoriously in the finished work of Christ. I pray the blood of Jesus on all our families. I pray the peace of God over our families. I pray the presence of God to lead us and guide us in our going out and in our coming in. Watch over us. And Lord, help us to fulfill the purpose of God that we will arise. We will shine. We will proclaim. We will declare. We will rejoice. And we will be glad. For today is a day of salvation. And we will rejoice and declare that in Jesus' name name church i pray that you are stirred and you're encouraged i encourage you press into jesus christ let not your hope and your faith be destroyed for lack of knowledge press into jesus and those of you who are part of expression family i want to see you come to prayer 8 p.m this thursday let us pray that is the greatest weapon we have and the light of jesus amen god bless you have a great week and enjoy your day. God bless you.